Welcome to the EQFit Podcast. Our mission is to equip people to prosper in every aspect of their life. Whether you're at home or in the workplace, we explore practical ways of improving success, satisfaction, finding balance, and building enjoyable and beneficial relationships. Thank you for joining us. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to join a full-day meeting with many of my friends who, many of them are also clients. These are owners of companies that are very successful. They've been through the wars over the years. They've learned a lot. Uh, They've grown their companies, and now they're trying to figure out, since we've grown our companies, how do we plan for leaders to grow into what our companies need. What happens most of the time with companies, especially small companies or companies that start, you know, with a solopreneur, and then they hire some people and they start to grow. Many times what happens is those people that you bring on board that kind of become a part of the family and they grow with the company. The company may not have equal growth in all areas, but a successful company will do well enough. But then something interesting happens. At a certain point, a company starts to grow beyond the leadership capabilities of the people that are on board. And there's nothing about those people that is wrong or bad at all. What I'm saying is companies reach a point they need enhanced leadership. And that enhancement in leadership can basically come from one of two directions. It can come from people inside the company growing in their leadership capabilities or you go outside the company and find the leadership that you need. So as we were having this meeting, this full day meeting, I was asked to provide some insight to this group of people around what's new in the assessment world, what's going on in today's hiring marketplace, and what about leadership development? Because they know those are the three areas that I focus in. And especially for the assessments, and and I believe everything should start with good data. Any decision of any significance should start with good data. And on people, where do you get that good data? Well, okay, you can observe them and work with them, and that's one way to get good data on how people show up in the workplace. But if you're hiring or if your company is getting to the point it's big enough, guess what? You need something more than just observation. You need assessments. So I was asked to give an update in these different areas. And of course, I've worked with many of these owners for many years. They know me very well. They trust my advice and my insight. So the first thing that kind of came up in the conversation was they all had some common ground. Uh, 
as the day progressed, it was interesting to see the things that emerged as common concerns. And let me give you a list of those things. How do we lead when change is moving at such a rapid pace? I love what somebody said, and I I don't remember who to attribute this quote to, but the pace of change is far faster today than the pace of trust. Think about that for a minute. That that's a big deal. We hire more people, we're changing, we're changing our systems, we're changing the way we do things, we're trying to innovate. And that's fine, although those are good things. But what it comes down to is there has to be a level of trust for people to be agile and resilient enough for that change. And that has to start at the leadership level. Trust building. So here's the second thing on the list. Common ground. If we're struggling with leading as owners, how much are our leadership underneath us struggling? And I think that is a very insightful question that somebody brought up. Because think of it this way, an owner probably has the most confidence in their leadership of anybody in the organization. They probably founded it. They have been with it for many years and they own it. They can make whatever decisions they want. So their confidence levels are high. But what about the other leaders in an organization? And here's another great question somebody said. How do we navigate uncertainty? Then there's the whole thing about stress. Stress levels and burnout appear to be more prevalent than ever. Now, this was not my statement. This was a statement from one of the owners. And I know I've got the research to back up. 53% of managers slash leaders are currently in burnout. I mean, that's the majority, right? 53%. And let me share something, and this is my insight, but let me share something with you that's kind of a secret. Most owners won't tell you this, but while they may look like they have it all together, the reality is that they're struggling with the same things that other people in the organization are struggling with, Many of those have an underlying element that I call emotional drivers. Fear, doubt, anxiety, stress, concern, and there may be positive ones as too. Uh, excitement, joy, hope, all of those are great, right? But I think people look at an owner many times and think, oh, they got it all together. Man, if I was an owner... I would have it all together too. Well, (laughs) the big secret is the reason they're good at what they do is they're constantly reflecting and reevaluating where they are. And they're constantly looking for good data, which by the way, when it comes to the people side of business, that's why I'm there is to help these owners get good insight into their people so that we can do the best we can for those people train them, develop them, support them, help them, hire the right people. 
enhance the culture, uh, create great team dynamics. That's all part of what we're trying to accomplish as owners and me as supporting those owners. It became clear very quickly that leadership was the main focus of the conversation for the day. To be fair, several said that hiring was under leadership. So a lot of the hiring marketplace conversation just naturally fell under this conversation about leaders and how to grow leaders. And I agree with that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Hiring right is a skill good leaders have developed. So after several minutes of discussion on the first part of the day, I asked what I thought was a very simple question. Where do you think the gaps are for your leaders? What do you think the response was? Well, I've got a word for you. Crickets. Silence. And I thought, wait a minute, really? You don't know where the gaps are for your leaders and your organization? Did they not know what their concerns really were for individual leaders? Then someone said something that turned every head. And I think it was a beautiful moment of transparency. I don't know what I don't know. That's what was said by one of these owners. Everybody stopped for a second to consider that statement. And then it was like the floodgates opened. One owner said, I don't know how to measure what good leadership is for my organization. And I think that's very fair. And sometimes I'll be very open about this. When you live in a calling, in a passion like I do of, of helping to grow people in organizations, well, helping to grow people, period, uh, supporting them, coaching them, helping them to develop their unique giftedness and talents. When you live in something day after day after day, and I'm just as guilty of this as anybody, sometimes we forget how much we know that others simply don't. And that's that fatal flaw of assuming that others know and understand things the same way that we do. I thought that was a really good insight. I don't know how to measure what good leadership is for my organization. Am I a good leader for my organization? I think that's kind of the follow-up question there. Another owner said, I know we have gaps, but I have no idea where to start so that I can identify the root causes of those gaps. Again, I think that is a great and very transparent statement. And just to share a moment, why are these people being so transparent with me? I've known many of them for almost a decade, and I've worked with probably 50% of the people in that room. So maybe five or so of the 10 people, 11 people or so that were in that room. Here's another comment that just supports what we talked about earlier. One owner said, I'm not even sure I'm doing a good job of leading. He was questioning his own leading, his own leadership. 
And then another said, how do we know a leader is having the impact that they should have? Now, all of this back and forth that was going on was so productive because they're asking the right questions. And the answers are going to be customized for their unique companies, their unique organizations, their unique cultures, everything that makes them who they are. You know, for once, as this back and forth was going on between different owners, I did not jump right in with all the answers. I tend to have a bit of a fault of doing that. This was not the time for jumping to solutions. It was a time to listen. I was fascinated by the passion each owner had when it came to several different things. How much they wanted to be good leaders themselves. How much they wanted to support and grow the leaders underneath them. And how attuned they were to the culture in their workplace. Now that's a really good place to be. You know, I'm very glad I experienced this moment with them. They were being transparent and they were sharing their hearts. So what can we do? How do we approach this figuring out what good leadership is and and if there are gaps, how we shore up those gaps and enhance that leadership? Well, the conversation went on for a while. Then I was asked to give them an update on what I had been doing recently. Most of them knew I'd been developing a leadership development program that could be very easily implemented, kind of what I call plug and play. Literally, it's just, it's a no-brainer. It's like, these are the things that are important to being a good leader. Here it is, right? So I want to share with you a short version of that conversation. So I started off, this is me talking to them. I'm launching our leadership development program and calling it Life Thrive University. Here are the specifics. Every participant starts with a diagnostic and predictive assessment package. Then we create a custom development plan for each person. They enter into a 12-month program specific to their needs. Included in this program are assessments, online learning, online group coaching, workshops, online community for collaborative learning, certifications, uh, a project specific to their organization where they can practice these new skills they're learning, online resources, and an annual conference. And I just shared with them, pricing is just going to be a flat fee for the entire year that covers everything. Now, I don't know how you just heard that. I thought it was great. I thought I've really nailed it on the head here. Here's the responses I got. Owner number one, stop. That's too much, too much information. And I had to step back and say, seriously? Okay, I I don't understand. And then owner number two spoke up. I love what you do and what I'm hearing, but I really don't understand it. Okay. 
Well, I thought I explained it. Owner number three, customize. No, don't do that. You're the leadership expert. You tell us what our leaders need to learn in a year to be a better leader. We don't want you to leave it up to us. Now, I think that is the moment that that I just had an epiphany and thought, okay, I thought this was a turnkey plug-and-play program, right? Easy to put in place, but what they're telling me is, and it, it makes sense, it goes back to that conversation of, we don't know what it takes to grow people in their leadership impact and skills. So the comments like that went on for a while. Lots of suggestions on how to simplify, which I truly appreciate. I mean, one of the reasons I was there was to get that feedback. And over the years, I've developed pretty tough skin. I get over things pretty quickly. So I was glad to get that feedback from them. And let me kind of tell you where we ended up. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is whether you come to me and talk to me about this leadership program, this Life Thrive University for leaders, or whether you go somewhere else, here's some things that, that just make sense and I think will really engage with owners and with senior leaders. A 12-month program at a flat fee per participant. They loved that. Absolutely loved that. Number two, assessments are great if they help the leader understand themselves and others better, which I know is a part of the assessment process, but I didn't state that. And so that was really insightful on their part. That is exactly why we do assessments. And it always starts with the leader because they first have to lead themselves well before they can lead others well. And so they need that insight and that good data that comes out of those multidimensional validated assessments. Number three, I set the curriculum based on what I know a leader needs to be more successful. And really when it comes down to it, that makes a lot of sense because I've seen there are some key things right now that we know leaders need but aren't taught very well in the marketplace. And remember, it's not just the, the information, it's how it's presented, how it is packaged and given to people to learn. Because the old ways of doing training and development are, are really ineffective. Come to our two-day seminar, learn all this stuff, and guess what? You'll lose it all in two weeks. I mean, honestly, folks, from a research perspective, that's exactly what happens. You lose 70 to 80% of it the minute you walk out the door. That's not the way to develop new skills, learn new ways of doing things, and really become a better leader. We know it is based in neuroscience, and I'll talk to you about that in a minute. There's going to be four primary areas of focus, one per quarter over that 12-month period. And there's going to be built-in accountability. That's where we ended up. So this is what happened next.
the conversation continued and it was extremely fruitful. I put a list of leadership skills on the board and asked these owners to pick the top three that they believed their leaders needed the most. As usual, being owners, they took it in an entirely different direction. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because it's so typical, but that's what I love about working with owners and senior leaders is they didn't get there by accident. So a lot of the feedback they were giving me is highly valuable stuff, and I really appreciate that from them. But even though they took it in a different direction, we ended up in a very good place. As a matter of fact, they provided the insight needed to actually define the four-quarter program. Now, I'm not saying this is the final version of it, but I want to give you a sense of what those four main areas of focus are for a 12-month leadership enhancement program. First, it's foundations for success. So, understanding people, uh, how assessments will give us good data so that we can actually create a data-driven approach to understanding people, understanding performance, how to apply that. And again, it starts with the leader understanding themselves first so they can lead themselves well. Now, this entire program is infused with some key elements. Number one, it's infused with emotional intelligence. That is by far, look anywhere, Harvard Business Review, Forbes, you name the publication. Emotional intelligence skills are the number one sought after skill set in the workplace today, especially for leaders. So emotional intelligence is infused throughout this leadership development program. So the first quarter focuses on building foundations for success, understanding people, using assessments to do that, and and really creating a pathway to grow leadership while practicing leadership. And this is what else is infused through this entire 12-month program, a neuroscience-based approach to learning. So second quarter, building a safe and engaging culture. So cultivating trust, how do we build trust as a leader? How do we cultivate accountability? How do we enhance and and create a culture of feedback in our teams and in our organizations and how do we navigate conflict for optimal outcomes that's a lot of really really good focus in that second quarter third quarter build healthy and vital teams vital means energy and motivation so the leadership skills that will be developed in quarter three, which we already have the foundations for and we're working towards anyway. How do we motivate? Coaching and mentoring. How do we hire right? And team development. Now, these are general statements about what happens in that quarter. There's 
there are online courses, there are so many different resources, exercises, practices, um, white papers, videos. I mean, this is a fully supported development program. And then the fourth quarter is what I call right now leading with empathy and excellence. It is a combination of emotional intelligence skills with proven leadership skills. So both hard skills and soft skills. Transformational leadership, decision-making and problem-solving, um, higher-level thinking processes, so so many important things. This is where we bring it all together, all of the skills and things that they've learned over the first three quarters, and bring it into a an understanding of how they can bring that into their team, into their workplace. Now, granted, I will be doing some refining on these and we'll be releasing it very shortly. So what became clear to me in all of this conversation, leadership development means so many different things to different people. Here's what I want to express. I see leadership as a journey. And in my experience, and I've been doing this more than three decades, closer to four as a matter of fact, I know that the most successful leaders are lifelong learners. So when I originally said to that group of people, those owners, this could be a multi-year process. Well, the, some of them threw up their hands. Oh, it's too much. It's too much. Well, I'm not going to worry about that. You know why? Because if we engage people correctly and really help them and support them in their leadership development in that 12-month program, they will want more. And there is a lot more. But let's not focus on that right now. Leadership is a journey. You know, as the day wound down, we had a really nice time to just simply catch up with each other on a personal level. You know, as direct as they were with me about simplify, 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 which really spoke to their needs, which is what I needed to hear. They didn't want to have to think it through. They didn't want to have to worry about it. Not because they couldn't. These are smart, successful people. It's because that's not their area of expertise and they're counting on me and the trust they have in me to do that for them. So even though they were really, really direct, they were very insistent that I get this up and running ASAP, which I love to hear that. As a matter of fact, at least four of them, and I was so happy to see this happen. I didn't instigate this part of the conversation, but one of the owners said, okay, show of hands, how many people would put somebody into Steve's program today? And at least four owners, I think five raised their hands. And then he took it one step further, which, you know, you got to love the guy, right? He said, okay, how many people can you put in today? And one person said two, and another person said one, another person said three. And all of a sudden, we're building a, a cohort 
a training group to enter into this program. They were very insistent to get this up and running as quickly as possible. And we're pretty much there. So that was very encouraging, and I needed that. So what I'm doing is not new, but the way that we're doing it, using neuroscience, is new. We understand how the human brain learns and retains information And it's a very specific pathway. These one-day seminars are not going to cut it anymore. Going off for even a week-long seminar. That just is not the way that adults learn in today's world. People need a journey to learn and practice and then retain critical information so that they can develop new skills. My journey as an advanced trainer has taught me that a successful learning and skill development process has to fit busy schedules. That's number one. It has got to fit into busy schedules. And then this is the flow of it. We first engage people. We engage the person with the learning in bite-sized chunks. Just small pieces of learning Then the second step is allow people to practice while they learn. So it isn't just, here's a textbook, read it, and then go out and try to figure it out on your own. No, that's not how you learn these critical skills. You learn the information, you try different things, you literally practice it. And then the third step is you reflect what worked, what did not work, how could you change it or try something different that it would work better. Engage, activate, reflect. And that's a continual cycle. Not in a circle, but in a spiral. Because as leaders grow their their knowledge, their understanding, their skill sets, their leadership impact actually increases. So think of it as an ever-increasing spiral. That's how you do a good leadership development program. And I know I've talked about this before, but I believe that everybody is a leader. We learn to lead ourselves well, and then we can lead other people well. So whatever your leadership role is today, you know, at home or at work, give yourself the time to learn and grow in a way that best suits your learning and development style. Now that's a whole different episode talking about how different people learn. But for right now, the main thing is this process works. Give yourself the time to learn in a way that's beneficial to you. If you don't know what that is, we have a dedicated package of assessments that will provide that insight. We are more than just a personality assessment company. As a matter of fact, that's about the least of the things that you should do. It's more than IQ. It's more than the sum of your experience. We are a complex creation. You are a complex person. Think about that. There is so much to you. Your education, your experience, your cultures that you've gone through and grown up in, um, 
the beliefs that you have about yourself, what you believe to be true about yourself and your place in the world, uh, your spiritual walk, the jobs that you've done, not just from an experience perspective, but who are all the different people you've met over the years. All of these things make you unique. So you have to have a unique approach to developing your skills as a leader. And that is why I absolutely love the work that I do. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you have any questions about this week's episode, or maybe a suggestion for future episodes you'd like us to explore, please contact us through our website at eqfit.org. For more information and inspiration, connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube at EQFit.